What's up, cool family? Football team lose 43 to 30 as they just collapse in the second half. We'll get right into it. Dayon Dunlap, Chris Gardner, Les Rage Cougs. Let's get it right. It's time for the original Houston postgame show. Let's Rage Cougs. As Dayon said, welcome to Let's Rage Cougs, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. Houston lost 43-30 to Oklahoma State on senior day, Dayon. At home. They were at home. They were outscored. They led 23-9, gave up 27 straight points. They're not 4-7, and seven, Dayon. They're not yeah. going to a bowl. They're not, you know, barring some miracle of not all the bowl slots being filled. So they're not bowl eligible. What is that supposed to mean, Dayon? Well, according to the standard that was set for this season, that it said that Hogerson and staff hasn't met the standard in regards to making a bowl game. And so what would that result into? I guess that's yet to be seen. But just kind of watching that game, it had me make me think. I know we got Andy waiting for the post game, but – What's been the strength of the team throughout the season so far from what you've seen? Has it been the defense or the offense? It depends on the game. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it was defensive line. Sometimes it was Donovan Smith. He did not. He had a strange game today. <laughs> he had some good yeah. and then some bad. But that's kind of like the, the Houston offense, the Houston team this season. The first quarter, the play calls were great. They had some some flair to the offense. You know, the flip back to Manjack and pass to Donovan. It was like, oh, where's where this been all year? And then an interception with two minutes left in the first half. The momentum just kind of took the life out of the football team, apparently, from Donovan yeah. Smith. And, man, it I don't really, know. I, it really, it would, I, what it was watching me, it's been the, the tale of the season offensively. It's been so inconsistent. Because the, the offense fails Houston once again. Like you said, they started good, but then you go seven straight possessions without scoring any points. Your defense uh, has been on the field seven straight possessions. If you punt the football, get no points, that's a lot of time to be on the field. What do you expect for them to eventually give up yards to give up points? And that allows teams to score these number of points unanswered. And so the head coach is supposed to be an offensive wizard. Because of his history and his resume, it, show, it shows that he's a good offensive coach. But all season, the offense has been so inconsistent in regards to putting the defense out on the field and so many times. It's been more than not throughout this season. The defense have gave the offense opportunities either to get back into a game, get a drive, whether to score, whatever the situation may be in every different game. But it's just been too much, in my opinion, when an offense has been inconsistent and been able to move the ball and get points for different reasons. Sometimes it's holding, sometimes it's non-execution. But ultimately, I think it still falls on the, the sometimes the play call. And it's different elements to different yeah. games, but the offense has been inconsistent, really. All year. Seven drives, 32 plays, 88 yards, six punts. That's that's hard to do, man. <laughs> 32 plays, 88 yards. They, that's, that was the stretch that Dayon's referring to. Seven drives, six punts, 
32 plays, 88 yards. But I, w- I want to get your thoughts on this because I have a different approach on it and I mentioned to, to everybody in our group about what Tillman said. You know, they, well, Chris Pedman said this comment about seeing potential in the program and then they're not far away. I think many of us believe they're not far away with the right coach in charge. <laughs> I think that's the key. With the right person in charge, they're not that far away, especially in the Big 12 going forward. But with Dana in charge, they're miles away. They're light years away. What do you think about that part? Chris, you know, Chris Patton saying that. I mean, I, I could, I, like you just said, I think um, they're, they're not far away. And I, I'm also in agreement that I don't know if Daniel, Daniel's the right man to lead them, to get them over the hump and be right there. And so, I, I mean – it's hard to say because of I, I agree. Like they got the talent, they got everything they need. Even even Donovan Smith has been inconsistent, but still, yeah. it's just uh, yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree with that. So, but I can understand. Like, what's your standard though? The president came out and said the standard when it was Major Applewhite that we fire coaches for good, not winning eight games. So has that standard changed now that we're in the Big Twelve? Was well, if we can win these six games, it's okay. But now it looks like we're not going to win six games to be both eligible. Now, what's the standard? Yeah, and and that's where is the accountability? You know, be true to your words. Tillman was quoted saying, "Houston, we should beat Oklahoma State." That long quote he had: "We should beat Oklahoma State." Some fans had a different outlook on it. My take was. He said that publicly to Dana, I'm expecting Houston to beat Oklahoma State. He didn't. Tillman also said he believes the Cougs have a chance to be 6-6. Six and six. They won't. Well, they aren't. I mean, I'm trying to hope that Tillman sticks to his own words. He expected them to win today. They didn't. He thought the Cougs go 6-6. Six, six and six. They won't. Tillman, that sounds like to me, you're going to look for a new head coach to me. I'll be shocked if he does that, unfortunately. But his own words indicate that he believes Dana is not the right person for the job because he did not do what he said that he expected them to do this year. Yeah, it goes right into what, what's the expectation? What's the um, what's the standard? What is it? And And so, I mean... I don't know what to say about that. But in regards to critiquing what was on the field today, what I've seen is really typical what it's been all year. I mean, like, where's the – I'm just – they start so good, you get a – and then you get a pick six, your defense gets you the touchdown as well. Then you just go seven straight drives without getting – And no they've got a safety as well. <laughs> then you got, got a safety. And a safety. And a safety. Like, Man, come on. Like, and then they're on the field for so long, and then you see the end stats. They give up so many yardage, and, like, they score so many their points. But in the midst of that, the offense is just doing nothing, just leaving them out there. It's like, dang. Uh, oh, my goodness. And then certain play calls, it's like if it's executed, you might get it. But, you know, it's just – it's a lot. Inconsistency with Donovan Smith, him sometimes his ability to read coverage, inaccurate throws when he's missing, got player receivers open. It's inconsistent, really. The offensive line. Offensive line at times. On the right side, right, right side especially. They made a switch today, though, and so the offensive mm-hmm. line at times. 
So, Parker Jenkins, why don't why can't he get twenty carries? They weren't trying. To, I mean, he hit averaging five yards a carry. He was running the ball really well. It's where all the questions is for me, in my opinion. The defense hasn't just been like, dang, I don't think Houston, can you just watch the game? Do you feel like, dang, Houston defense is bad when you watch it? No. Right. Because they were making plays like we just touched on it. Right. <laughs> a pick six and a safety. And then, I don't know, <laughs> offense didn't come through, didn't deliver. Man. Late first, late second quarter, third quarter, nothing. Right. Third quarter, they had, I don't know. 80 yards in the third quarter, Some, if, if that. Scored us in the third. Oklahoma State just took advantage, and then they gave Ollie Gordon the ball. You touched on him last night in our basketball, Les Ridge Coops, that he is legit. He's the real deal. Really? He got it rolling in the third quarter. Yep. Uh, the four and seven, the four and seven for a reason, <laughs> okay? And, and that's really what it comes down to. Uh, Hunter didn't play. Let's see. Hunter did play well. He did. He played well at center. He did it, you know, replacing Jack Freeman at center. The right side was the bigger issue. It really wasn't him at the center spot. You know, Ruben Unije got sick again and puked on the field again. I think he was, I don't know if he was battling the flu all week or whatever, but he was subbed out and his replacement was new. He needed help. And I'm surprised they didn't give him more help because one-on-one blocking, he just wasn't, he's not ready for it yet. So that's part of play calling as well. If you know you got a new right tackle who needs some help, then help him with the tight end, and, running and back, what, something. And one way that you can do that, with the ways that you just mentioned, but as well as running the football, what a young offensive lineman, offensive like they go forward, the big man. You can let them go forward and block. They could do better. You see Parker is almost averaging five yards a carry. Give him seven more carries. Feed on the ball, or if you want to give your other running back some more carries, give Sneed. Like, run it a little bit more. It's, just, it's being successful. Now you can use your play action and stay with it. But it, And then you get into your quarterback run game. It's, man, it's just the offensive inconsistency that's really plagued this team so far. And if the head coach is supposed to be an offensive wizard, it, it got to fall on him. I don't want to hear about it. It's Big 12 football. Yeah, Big 12 head <laughs> you coach. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. I'm Big 12 clip, man. He made adjustments. <laughs> His team was able to turn it on. Yeah. Cooks had 28 carries. That's not enough. Parker Tings had 12. Not enough. Donovan Smith had 13. I don't want Donovan Smith having more carries than my running backs, especially when one, one of them is Parker Jenkins. I, I, I just don't. You know, but we're here. Cooks 4 and 7. Fans are chiming in on this edition of Less Raid Cougs, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. And, and let me let everybody know, pay the bills. Dan Lazarine founded the Lazarine Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazarine understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day. With offices in Houston and Sugarland, Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and surrounding counties, including Fort Bend County. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarus Law Firm at 281-720-8551. Once again, that's 281-720-8551. Or visit Dan online at www.lazarinelawfirm.com. That's L-A-Z. 
A-R-I-N-E-L-A-W-F-I-R-M.com, LazarineLawFirm.com for a consultation. And of course, thank you to today's secondary sponsor, Star Pizza. With multiple locations across the Houston area, Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the games, including football games, Dayon, including football, but it's hoop season. Everybody chiming in pretty much now. But, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it's Big 12 football is a G5 head coach slogan. But what do you, what do you say? Do you think this is going to happen? Dana Hogerson, clear your desk. I don't know. Here's a quote from Dana Hogerson that Indiana has tweeted. He's in um, post-game middle uh, availability. It says, at the end of the day, my goal is to play competitive football. And for the most part, we have played competitive football. Today was a competitive football game. And Andy tweeted, he also added that UH is building up to compete for championships. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, they were competitive. They weren't competitive enough this season. And yeah. he said himself, I think either Monday's presser or at a Tuesday coaches show, that his goal, his goal this season was to go to a bowl. Well, they're not going to a bowl. So he did not reach his own goal this season. I don't know. <clears throat> I, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, man. It, I'm really, and I've said it before, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Dana is not paying the checks to himself. Okay. The decision has to come from the high, the folks in charge, the folks who cut the checks, the folks who have said so many things. We heard it for years, the eight and four comment. We know that. But this year, Chris Pesman said a successful season, first year in the Big 12, would be going to a bowl game. He said it. They're not going to a bowl game. And I read part of Chris Baldwin's quotes I'm, as well. I'm seeing a you tweet know. right now from someone on X. It says from that's from Brian Turnquist. That's the the um the Twitter ad. It says this group of students was giving Dana hell right now. He finally went over and started mouthing back at his security, pushed him away. Sadly, more of the outcome of next season. Wow. So now he's yelling back at fans. Okay, that's that's an awful look for your program. That and that's the leader of your football program doing that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what you know. Have you re, have you reposted that one so I can see who who the guy is? Uh, I send it to you. But <clears throat> so yeah. let's see. Yeah. This comment here. I'm not quite off the Dana Hogo train yet, but I'm close. This year's market for a better coach isn't good enough. I don't see, but I could be wrong. Uh, I think Andy tweeted that. <laughs> what is Andy right here? Third quarter, we got worn out. <laughs> Third quarter, second half, worn out. You know, it's the Dana playbook. Okay. Yeah. So, which is, so the fans are upset. We were talking about how to impact season tickets going into next year i mean it's impacted more than just i know it's a financial investment and that was given into him but at some point 
as as shrewd of a businessman Tillman is, was led him to be the fine have the finances that he has. You would wonder at some point does he consider it it making a business decision to move on from Dana? Yeah, right, and, and reinvesting in, in someone else because of the talent is there. And then it's going to be a challenge to re to recoup a lot of the talent that's here and, and having not to leave. But if the right coach, I think they can do that because a lot of these players are committed to Houston, to the city, because they're from the city, from Texas, and they want to be a part of Houston to restore it and bring it to the promise of where it can be. And so, do you do you think? I don't honestly, I don't know. I, I with the I keep seeing different news, and I'm like, maybe Houston really gonna step up and be and and, and try to be what they claim what they want to be a powerhouse. I, I I believe it when I see it. I said it, I think I said it to y'all as well. And I was told at the women's basketball game on Tuesday from two different people that Dana was going to be fired. But because of, I have no confidence in the administration because they don't hold themselves accountable for their own words. Right. And that's the problem because based on their own words, we would not even have, we would not have this discussion. Dana would be fired because he has not a, accomplished what they. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some know. reports too. It has something about like if they relieve him at a certain time, they save some amount of money. So I know it's probably certain terms within the contract they make more in regards to the certain time ago, which I'm sure. And so, well, maybe that's something that we we have to consider as well. As really I, I, I thought that as well. Yeah. But uh, Goku said that's not the case. Okay. So the. So the salary, the buyout, excuse me, the buyout right now is 14.8. It will still be 14.8 January 1st. So it doesn't go down when the calendar turns over. I, I thought that I might be wrong, but according to Go Cougs, it is still going to be 14.8. And it's still, based on the contract, Dana's contract, it's roughly paying him off 300 grand a month for four years for the buyout. To someone who makes eight billion dollars, is worth eight billion dollars. That's not, that shouldn't be a problem. Three hundred grand for forty-eight months. I, and we we get we've said all the things about what the administration has said. They keep moving the goalpost. But look at your fan base. What incentive do? Many of your fans, not the ones who get the premium seats, you know, the you know the premium seating suites and all that kind of stuff, but the fans, the majority of your season ticket holders, what incentive is it for them to buy season tickets next year with Dana back when they can just wait for Seat Geek or some other you know secondary market to get get tickets for five bucks? So that's hurting the bottom line. Tillman, Chris Pesman, President Couture. I, I, what else is there to see? If you, especially Tillman, he's supposed to be a smart businessman. Dayon, he did not become a billionaire eight times over being dumb and making poor money decisions. Right. <sighs> well, we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. Even um, waiting on a clip from uh, Dana. Andy's uploading it momentarily, so we should begin this shortly. Okay. 
But, I, you know, I don't know what to say. What, what else is there to say that hasn't been said? They're 4-7 and seven now. They will not go 6-6. Six and six. They might lose next Saturday on the road to UCF. That's 4-8. and eight. How would you, UH, sell this to your fan base next year? We're bringing back a guy who's coming off a 4-8 and eight season. Keep spending your money on season tickets. Ignore the other markets, the ticket markets, <laughs> okay? But we're bringing back a guy who's 4-8, who we know you don't like. But still, come on, support the Cougs, because we've got the second year in the Big 12 with new teams who, on paper right now, are better than the Houston football program. Looking at Utah and Arizona. Yeah, it's tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough to do. I'm not really sure what, what, what the thinking is up top. I mean, we've talked about it over and over. Now it's just about keeping a certain talent. Whatever they make a decision, and if there's reports about Matthew Golden getting offered six figures to go play for SEC school, and rightfully so. Um, I think he deserves that and more because he is that type of talent. And so um, – Dana talked about another aspect was um, Houston stepping up the NIL, and I think that is a real factor. That's something to consider in regards to getting certain level, high level recruits. But even within that, I think if you can get certain of those players, if you have a winning product uh, or showing to for Houston culture, you can get it with, without being able to pay the big bucks. But just like that, just recruiting, can they, can they retain the, the Matthew Goldens of the world? Will Donovan Smith come back? What is some of the other? What, what, what are you going? What are we? What are you going to sell for next year? I mean, yeah. one more game from love. I don't know, man. I, you know, you know this question about who does UH get to replace Dana? That's not going to be a problem, in my opinion. There, there are plenty of qualified candidates. Yeah. Who could win here and who'd want this job? Yeah. But for I think for most of the money folks tied connected with UH. Dana is not, they're not fans of Dana. So for Dana to say, you know, to, I think, a larger group of supporters, we need you guys to step up NIL money to retain our talent. If Dana has burned a bridge with those folks, <laughs> why are they going to spend that money? Yeah. Dana, we don't want you here anyway. <laughs> okay, so if the players... Yeah, I mean, y'all bringing Dana back. Okay, that my price goes up. Me to play for this man, my price goes up. Y'all want me to stay here, but y'all gonna keep him. How much? How how much do you want me to stay? Let's put it like that. Yeah, great way to negotiate from a player's perspective, like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's yet to be seen. Um, do you, from what you've seen, do you think Donovan Smith can be that quarterback to lead Houston to a Big Twelve championship? With a better coach, <laughs> you think a lot of his inconsistencies can be fixed with the right coaching around him? I, I, I believe so. Yes. Okay. Another year in the system, better line, better play calling, all that. Utilize running game more. Yes, he has that potential. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that one for sure. I think so as well. I would agree with that. All right, we got two different clips from Coach Hogerson. Let's go. What do you want? 
first? Now you want the expectations or the first one from OSU? It's whatever. Let's go, let's go OSU first. All right, here we go. Listen to Coach Hogerson. You're watching Less Rage Kooks, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. Yeah, started for you guys to, to come out the way you did. Um, you talk about that and then also sort of the, the turnaround there with the, the interception and then the, 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 the penalty there that sort of gave them some, some extra Yeah, there, that, it's, um, you know, two critical mistakes in the first half prevented us from going in, which potentially could be up 21 points. Um, you know, I, we were ready to play. I was proud of the guys for, for being ready to play. And, you know, Zay made a great play. Um, you know, we, we successfully orchestrated a trick play for the first time in my career. Uh, you know, we had momentum. We are moving the ball. I think we had like 250 yards in the first half. Um, and they're a good team. Um, they're a good team. They're good them, man. My, they're they're my odds-on favorite to probably go to the Big 12 championship game when we got beat BYU next week. And you know they own tiebreakers over Kansas and Kansas State and Oklahoma and all that. So anyway, so they're a good team, right? You know, regardless of what they did last week, I mean they're a good football team. We knew they'd keep fighting, keep playing, you know. But that was a, that was a that was a critical error by Jamal. You know, he's just trying to play with passion. He cares. Uh, he's turning into one of our better leaders, and he made he made a huge mistake, and he owned it. Uh, we got him stopped. We got him stopped on 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 third and sixteen. You know, it's fourth and sixteen. They're punting, and then they converted that into a touchdown. Um, heck, we could have went up thirty. We could have been thirty to three at halftime. I don't. Who knows? You know. And then, you know, that last drive. You know, interceptions are going to happen, and I'm I'm very honest. And you know, if that's on if that's on Donovan, it's on Donovan. You know, and that one was on Donald. It was right to the dude. And a two-minute drive, we were moving the ball. We had all the momentum. It's a critical error. So you go into halftime, um, you know, up three or whatever it is, and they got all the momentum going into halftime. I mean, you saw, you know, they had, they had a lot of people here. You know, Houston's important to Oklahoma State. They had a lot of people here, and, and they had all the momentum going into halftime when we should have had all the momentum going into halftime. And two critical errors prevented that. Um, you know, third quarter, we got wore out. We had people dropping like flies. I'm not using that as an excuse, but they wore us out. That's what a big 12, big boy, physical uh, team's going to do. We knew that's who they were, you know. Um, you know, they wore us out, but was proud of how we kept fighting. You know, we stopped, we, we held them to two field goals. We finally got a drive going on offense and look up and it's 36 to 30. And, you know, we're defending them on the 25 yard line, you know? So it's like, geez, we got a shot right here in the fourth quarter. We get a stop, we go score and win by one. And it's, I was proud of the way the guys fought, okay? But in order for us to win that game, we probably needed to keep that momentum in the second quarter and going to halftime with with the momentum in a bigger league. That last drop. What are your thoughts on what he said right there? And Jamal Morris, you know, that was, a, that was a huge mistake. You know, they kept the drive alive. But based on the rest of that, what do you thought of, you just heard from Coach Hogerson? Well, the one part of where he, he got back to his, his normal quote was that he wore us out in this Big 12 football. He, he's not taking accountability really for the lack of production on the offense and those lack of 
um, them being able to sustain and put points on the board. He kind of skimmed over that first half and what they could have did if they would have executed in certain parts of how it played out and the turnover, it being being Donovan Smith's fault. Then after that, in the third quarter, they didn't just worry where you guys out. So they were you out on the defensive line. They were you them out as well. That's why you didn't able to put up points in seven straight drives. I think that was a little bit of excuses in regards to that. But some of that other stuff was just – I mean, it was true just kind of narrating what is game. But I'm also seeing a tweet um, that was shared to me that from Sam Leland, uh, the reporter for um, – the Mag, uh, Daily Cougar, mm-hmm. he asked Dana Hoshin about the confrontation with the angry UH fans. He said, um, quote, I didn't say anything to them. They were yelling at me, but I, look, I looked at them. There was no exchange between him and the fans. Okay. <clears throat> third quarter, the Cougs had 25 total yards in the third quarter. 25. They were 0 for 3 on third down in the third quarter. Well, if you do a better job on offense, maybe a defense doesn't get worn out. You know, if you convert those third downs, right? Exactly. Game more than twenty-five yards, you don't get worn out. Exactly. So that was part of that that long drought of thirty-two plays for eighty-eight yards and six punts. You know, seven seven drives, six punts. 88 yards. Right. Well, is I don't here we go. This is from Juan. 22 years straight of season tickets. No way I'm coming back for 2024 if he's here. I'm done. F this regime. So I that that is what the administration has to guard against. Fans no. like Juan. Another tweet from Justin Carter. Houston has seven losses. This is Dana Hogerson's second season with at least seven losses. The last U.S. coach with multiple seven-plus losses season was Danny um, Dimo. 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 Who was dark times, boy. Back in 2002. That was some dark, dark, awful football, man. That was really like the low point. We thought that was a low point of U.S. football right there. That was some dark times right there. Oh, my goodness. But Okay, Rusty Reed going with, with this comment. If we are stuck with Dana, we fans should insist that Belk be replaced and a real OC be hired. Well, Dana won't do that. <laughs> no, nah, I'm totally against Belk being replaced. I'm not with that because of the defense has played. I, I haven't watched the game this year and been like – of course, there have been spots where the defense has struggled. But in totality, the defense has been, in my opinion, the strong suit of this team, has been more consistent, has given us offense more chances to do well. And, and, and more than not, the offense has failed in more games. Even today, the defense gave up all the points, but it was a result to being on the field for so long and how much they be on the field. A lot of those elements play into a factor. Because you look at some of the good teams, the undefeated teams, they're able to have balance, put long drives on, which keeps the defense fresh. And so when you don't do that, the result, your defense gets tired, they give up plays. And so now 
I think Belk and the defensive staff in totality has done a great job of developing players into the next level and recruiting good talent to Houston on the defensive end. And they're flying around. They're playing good defensive football. But in points in, in times have they gave up yardage, gave up points? Yes. But in totality, they've been a strong suit, the, the more consistent side of the Houston football team all year. And let, I forgot about it. Let me, let me play the second clip from Coach Holgerson on expectations. You're watching Less Rage Cougs, presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. I mean, it's inexcusable on our, on our part. You can't sub D linemen. This is a tempo team. You can't sub when they're when they're not subbing. You can't. We did it twice. It's inexcusable. I mean, it's it's inexcusable. I'm calling it like it is. You can't sub on tempo teams when they're not subbing. You know, you get the stop right there, and you know he knows what happens. But yeah, that, put that as another critical error. Chris. Dana, uh, knowing you can't go to a bowl game now, is that you know tough concern? How you know how much this team fought during the year? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's everybody's goal. I mean you're, you know at the beginning of the year, I mean you you try to compete for championships, and we're going to continue to get better around here. We're going to continue to build and continue to do things right. I know we are uh, to the point where championships are going to be in our future. But if that's not the case, then you try to go to a bowl game. That's what everybody's goal is. You know, it's not going to happen. It's disappointing, but we got another game that we need to line up and, and get excited about competing in. You know, games are, you know, are we, are we throwing in the towel? I don't think this is a group that does that. Are we going to play everybody to see what we got? No. We're going to practice. We're going to challenge them, and playing time is going to be earned. I mean, it's going to be earned based on practice and based on what it looks like. And we'll go to Central Florida, and we'll compete hard and try to get a fifth win. I will say that one era where he was talking about you can't sub, that is – now, that is something Doug Belk and staff can't do. That's definitely a mistake on their behalf, trying to sub when the offense didn't sub. You cannot do that. And that's why the rule is in place. The offense subs to get allows you to sub. But trying to sub when the offense is going up tempo and they catch you, that – and he's 100% right on that for sure. What do you – you and Rusty are – Usually on opposite opposite point, points of view. So, what are your thoughts on this comment? I, I mean, I just gave my opinion. That's just his rebuttal. I don't, I, um, I don't really have a rebuttal to that from what I've seen. Basically, what I've seen. Um, they say Belk defense has been horrid. Yes, some good players, some good stops, but game after game, we're able to hold a lead. What game is he referring to? Can you tell me a game this season where Houston has lost a lead, where the defense has gave it up, and Houston has lost? What game is he referring to? Have you? Can you? Can you recall one, Chris? Today made Bowman look like Tom Brady. Well, one that Houston didn't lose. They won on the hill, Mary, but they almost they gave up a lead against West Virginia. West Virginia, that's one game for sure. Yeah. What about? What about? That's one game. We're talking about how many games they play over. Yeah, so Rusty, tell tell me some games that you're referring to, Rusty, for sure. And while he does that, because Rusty is is an active participant in Let's Rage Coups. Tell us the games you're referring to, Rusty. Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna just get the clip from uh, Donovan Smith while he's doing that. <laughs> but here's some post game comments from Houston QB Donovan Smith. 
that uh, interception you know, with what Fordman saw in the first half, you know, what would you see there? And, you know, how hard is it you know, to sort of see that momentum switch there? Yeah, I just got to throw, throw a better ball or I can get off into my other reads or my check down. Um, uh, just the margin of error, uh, especially in the Big 12, just as you change conferences and stuff like that. Uh, margin of error is, is very slim, so that's something that I got I to gotta make a better throw or just get to my check downs, be better in my reads. Donovan, do you feel like anything changed in that second half just in terms of what they were doing on defense and uh, what you guys did on offense? Yeah, they definitely switched it up. It's uh, going more of a kind of man-man coming out of the coming out of the game, starting off the game, then they try to switch up a little bit, just have everybody uh, flying around, just get in different areas, safeties rolling down, rolling up, corners dropping down, stuff like that. Um, but I felt like we managed it uh, very well. Play, play calls were good. But people were running around, blocking was great. Um, and just, again, just a margin for error, uh, just little things. Yeah, obviously it sucks just in general wherever you're at uh, if you don't feel a bowl game. Um, but just understand the transition we're going through and understanding, uh, learn from each game that we have. You know, everyone kind of out there we are almost every game. So just understand where we, where we fit in, where we, we understand that we can't play with these teams. Just understand, come back next year, you know, start to take, take, it, take it up a notch. Um, just all around, everywhere we need to do, and just head on business. What did you take from this season where you can carry it over, Bill? Mm-hmm. I know it's not over yet, but yeah. what, what gives you hope or gives you optimism? Uh, just just what I work on that game, just um, protect the ball, just see my reads, get to my reads. Um, and just make make the plays where it needs to be, uh, and then just, just going from there. I'm mean, like the team. I, I don't want to put it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just the team in general. Mm-hmm. What do you see from the team that gives you? Uh, just, just just excitement. You know, understanding that, like I said before, just understanding we can't play with these teams. Um, and just a lot of people down there saying we can't, but just like every game, you know, we've been in it uh, except for one. But uh, just just excited for our future. Just. Coming back, everyone's going to be stronger. We still had a young team as well. First time this whole team has been together. Um, really on the offensive side and defensive side. So just gelling more, just hanging out more as a team, um, just, just coming closer, taking us to the next level. Donovan, that, that trick play where we got the touchdown from Man Jack, how, how, how much did you guys work on that? And, uh, you know, what sort of went into yeah. that paying off? Yeah, yeah, we, we do it every week. We had it every week. Um, we have, we have a few few every week that we just practice. Um, you know, the practice is every every day just trying to get to them, work them. So when we do uh, work with the game or running the game, it works out perfectly. Just how we did today. Do you have a do you guys have a name for that particular player? Uh, that was called Froggy. Yeah. All right. Wow. Donovan Smith was talking. Rusty gave. Yeah, rebuttals. I see. It. I see but, it. Hold up. Let me say this. You ask him to give examples of the defense losing a lead. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and I wanted to address because it, you got these type of comments. I don't want to say fans, but comments, because like you said, he alluded to one thing and I asked him that question. And then he referenced to Texas Tech and he's referenced the 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 first two possessions. Okay. That's the first two possessions of the game. What what happened in that game? They were able to the defense made adjustments. Was able to get stops and give the offense time to score. Like I just referenced, right? Did not did that not happen right. that game? The defense right. was able to make adjustments after those first two possessions that he referenced. Get the stops, get turnovers, and more. And then what else? The game he referenced after that. 
I think he said the um Oh, the majority of his examples were first two possessions. First first possessions first possession. to start game to start half. Yeah. Baylor. I think at Baylor with a defense it came through in the end, get stops. So I mean, like that's part of football. And that goes back into my point, even going back into today. He said Bowman threw for X amount of yards and they ran for X amount of yards. And that goes right into the point of what I was saying the entire time. When the offense is not being able to sustain drives, you punt what on seven straight possessions, some three Six and now time. Six times. Six times. The defense is going to give up some yards part of football. You not understand that? Like, what are you talking about? But I'm going to ask your thoughts, and he's about to join us from the stadium and the fans as well. Do you think if they make a change and they fire Doug Belk, but keep Dana, would that turn things around next year? I think it could be. I think it could be. I I I would believe so. You get a right a good, a good offensive coordinator. Oh, no, no, no. I said they fire Doug Belk, but keep Dana. Oh, hell no. <laughs> oh hell no! I don't know what no hell no, no, no. no because no. you 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 agree with this. This is Rusty just said, "Damn, you don't know how many." What I we just asked you, Rusty, to give me the examples of the games, Rusty. You didn't give me no examples, Rusty. Well, if I don't know what I'm talking about, then prove me wrong. Give me give me an example, or Chris, help him out. Whoever, because like I said, like I touched on the one I know for sure, they gave up a lead. Was West, West Virginia, Virginia down the stretch? We on that one, yep. Right. That's one game, but we're talking about what I'd say is consistency in regards to the both sides. So, you know, I'm not the defense overall has issues. Yes, they do have issues. Okay, they do have issues. Yes, but when the offense gets 25 yards in a quarter, and I think they've done that a few times, first quarter. <laughs> First quarters have been slow starts with the offense. Today was the third quarter. So the offense has to help the defense out sometimes as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he had all that time to type the long messages about the first two positions. Now you say you need more time. Come on, Rusty. Well, the Longhorns, yeah, the Longhorns, yeah, because the Longhorns game, that did kind of surprise me how well Houston started. And that yeah. one too. So Andy's all right. Going to bring in Andy Andes from from the field when he's ready. But Rusty, answer my question. Do you believe if Houston fires Doug Belk but keeps Dana, would that improve the football team next season? Because Dan, I'm gonna say this. I'm I'm gonna say this to you and everybody watching. I think the issue with the substitutions and Dana, and Dana saying a publicly post game about you got you know they didn't sub oh say did not sub and you had too many men on the field comment like that publicly could make Doug about the scapegoat and result in Doug getting fired and Dana staying. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in that. That's that's the name of the game, but he'll fall. Doug Buck will fall right on his feet, be be promoted to a better school, better opportunity, I'm sure. But I wouldn't be surprised yet, Chris. Andy Yanez, how are Perfect you, sir? To I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. Go ahead. I'm going to say that's a perfect time to, to join because those were most definitely, I'm sure you guys are referring to the comments that Dana Holgerson said 
when he was asked about the uh, illegal substitution penalties that the Houston Cougars faced, two really pivotal penalties. Um, it was interesting. They had to burn a timeout in the first quarter, the first drive of the game when Oklahoma State was driving to avoid one of those penalties. And they get flagged for it again later in the game. And then it came at a pivotal, pivotal, crucial moment on the final, really the final put ahead, the drive where Oklahoma State put the game away in what I believe Houston had gotten the stop. It would have been a fourth and four had it not been for the illegal substitution penalty. Instead, it was a third and two and Oklahoma State ended up converting. And then they drove down the field and scored the, the touchdown to put them up by 13 points. So most definitely crucial penalties in the moment. And Dan Horson was asked about it, and he said, that's on the coaches. That's, you know, he's not the one that, that oversees the substitutions, which, again, that's most definitely perks your ears up. But it's going to be interesting to see. He said the coaches are going to be held accountable. He had to go talk to the coaches and ask them why those penalties were the case, why that happened, those illegal substitution penalties in an instance that could have happened three times in just this game alone against Oklahoma State. Andy, I'm going to ask you before I read the comment from uh, Nelson Caesar. Did Nelson come in and talk to the media in the yes, room? Yes, sir, he did. He did. Okay. Did you hear the question, I guess, Nelson was asked to assess the overall progress of the defense this season. Yep. And the quote is, progress over the season. Man. He thought about no, it. No comment on that. No comment on that. He thought about that. it. He thought about it. I have, um, actually, I have the video. I could try to... Uh, upload it real quickly but yes that's was very interesting towards but literally the last question he was asked before he left uh, he was asked what he thinks about the overall progress of the defense thought about it a little bit said no comment and that was the last thing that he said as he got up and, and walked out so andy what do you think about that when he said it what was the reaction your reaction and then reaction in the room Reaction in the room was that's very interesting and everyone's ears perked up. I think from reaction, again, outside looking in, it's not positive for the defense. It, it, tends, it leads tends to, to, to the fact that he doesn't feel or it leads you to believe that he doesn't feel that the progress has been good. And that's why he chose to say no comment. Now, that's what the, that's what it looks like, whether that's truly what he believes in. He didn't say he chose no comment. So. Doesn't look good. That's all I'll say. And Andy, I'll ask you. If Doug Belk is fired, but Dana Hogerson returns, do you believe that would improve Houston next season? Do I think that will improve Houston next season? It depends who takes this place. Um, it'd be interesting to see if um, who that new figure would be for the Houston Cougars. I think after this loss at four and seven, where the Houston stand, the Houston Cougars stand now, they potentially could, depending on what the outcome is against UCF next week, if they lose, they'll be four and eight, which was you know, coincidentally enough the same record that the Cougars had in Dana Hogerson's inaugural year um, when he was here with the Cougars back in 2019. If they do finish four and eight, there's got to be some change, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be in Augerson, and that's what you would need to believe after the comments. Um, they were posting the Houston Chronicle from Tillman Fertitta, uh, but something, you'd figure something's got to change, and after Shannon Dawson um, got not necessarily kicked to the curb, but <laughs> did not come back last season, 
with one coordinator left before it's the big guy. And, and unfortunately for Doug Belk, it would be him. And I, I will say this. If they do choose to move away from him, Brian Early would be a good candidate to be the defensive coordinator for Houston because his development on the defensive line has been sensational, has been phenomenal since his time here at Houston. It might just be a matter of that's that's the honestly that's the final scapegoat that you can really go to. And that's who Rusty and Juan both suggested was make Brian Early the new DC, and Juan said Brian Early is solid. And he's so, definitely, his track record is good. So it could, it very well, I mean, it could be, that could potentially be the move to, to do something. But here with Houston, especially if they lose next week in their four and eight, it would be really hard to sell on the fans that we're staying packed. And although most fans really want Dana's head. Exactly. Which I guess is my main point is, a lot of fans could see through it if they make Doug Belt the scapegoat and fire him or keep Dana. I'm not convinced that would sell any tickets because a lot of fans would still believe, well, Dana's still here. I'm still not going to spend my money <laughs> because Dana's still here. Agree or disagree? I agree 100%. The fans are not going to be happy until either the team has a drastic shift in a positive direction and, heck, maybe that is the spark that's needed for the players. Maybe they get better um, when it comes to recruiting. Obviously, that's been something that's been made a big deal out of the last couple of weeks. But if that's the only change and it's still the same old, same old, which unfortunately for Houston, for a good portion of this season, the offense has been the same, even though Shannon Dawson's no longer here. He was kind of honestly the scapegoat that, that – took the brunt of the criticism when it came to the lack of productivity for the offense a season ago with Clayton Toon, with Tank Dell, who both obviously were seniors. They're both playing in the NFL here a season later, and they still had struggles, and especially in earlier parts of the season. He's no longer here, and we've looked how under Donovan Smith, new quarterback, new system, there's still some of those same struggles when it comes to being able to play consistently that's played them, and Boston's not here to be the fall guy when it comes to the offense anymore. Andy, did you happen to hear any any rumors, scuttlebutt, around you know press box with colleagues about Dana's status? I talked gone to or not gone? one specifically, and we both kind of chatted. We tend to agree that he's safe. That individual said that he feels that he's safe, but who knows? I mean. Then this performance, and there's a clip. There's a clip that I just posted. I realized as I was coming down that I I put the the wrong one. It's a 50 second clip on Dana Hogerson when it came to expectations. Uh, okay. Goals. The goals would be uh, the better word that he used. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that because if you lead, tend to lead, lead Dana Hogerson, based on that clip, they have reached their goals for this season. I mean, he's right on the money. If you're checking, if that was the, tr the goal, check. They achieved that. I don't know if that necessarily was the administration's goals, although, again, going back to what Fertitta said in, or was quoted and saying in the Chronicle, maybe they're all aligned, and that truly was the goal. Let's hear what Dana Hogan said was that goal heading into the season. So the one that, the competitive one, that one? The, the goal. The goal. Okay. Dana's but it's 50, goal. Okay. 50 seconds. I don't, I don't see it yet. I see Dana competitive. Um. Uh, 
Yes, that was my bad. My bad. Okay. Competitive. Okay, here we go. You're watching Less Rage Cook, presented by the Lesbian Law Firm. The first year Big 12, and we, we've talked about this, the first year Big 12, maybe expectations and, and maybe realistic uh, in terms of what you had, what you do you had, you know, how tough it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own opinions on it. You know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, my goal, and I said this in the media days, my goal is to, is to play competitive football. And for the most part, we have played competitive football. Today was a competitive football game. And so my goal is to play competitive football. You know, and if you do things right, you build it the right way, you know, you recruit at a high level, you develop players, you build buildings, you do things like that, we'll get to a point where we're going to be competing for championships. But right now in transition, I think you look at all four of us that have transitioned, it's about playing competitive football. You know, that's, that's what I expect us to do. So, Lesler, Dana Holgerson's comments. Your thoughts on what he said? Dayon. I mean, it, they have been playing competitive football. I will say that. They have been playing competitive football. And so, I mean, I, I, I got to call it how I see it. And that, in my opinion, they have been doing that. To his credit, if that's his, if that's his expectation, what he wants to see, not looking at wins and losses, just being able to compete in these games and, and show that you belong and not get blew out and play competitive, like you said, until they have done that. Andy, I'm showing my old age. Do you remember what, how many wins I predicted for the team this year? Mm. Was it four? You had them at four wins? I think, I, I, I'm pretty, I know it wasn't more than five. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of that, but, you know, three or four, I think I had three or four. But it, competitive, yes. But the counter to that, everyone who's watching us on Less Rage Kooks, Chris Pesman said a successful season, in his opinion, would be going to a bowl. They're not going to a bowl game this year. So if that's not a success, that means it's a failure. Right? It's a failure if you're not going to a bowl. And there's like 40-something bowls now. Mr. Pesman, you said going to a bowl would be a successful season. Tillman Fertitta said he expected Houston to beat Oklahoma State, which shocked everybody because <laughs> not many folks thought they would do that. He looked like the correct madman early on. But he, he said, I think we, sh we should beat Oklahoma State. Didn't happen. I, if to me, and I'm like a, the administration has left me frustrated for years. If they lose, I think they should be gone right now. But if they lose next Saturday on the road and finish four and eight, four and eight, how can you sell that to your fan base? I, I you know. That, that's where I am on it. Because we are, everyone who follows the Cougs has seen the goalpost move. The 8 and 4 line, President Couture has tried to run from it, but it's, it's on film and video for everybody to see. 8 and 5, 5 and 7. They go 4 and 8. <laughs> 4 and 8. What did, I know Cincinnati lost today. I pretty well, they were losing last I saw. 
four and eight in your first year and that the Bearcats one Big 12 win was on Houston's homecoming. I, I, I just I don't see it. Apathy. Andy, you missed it earlier. Juan said boldly and, you know, loudly, as you can say in print. After 22 years of being a season ticket holder, he will not renew his tickets if Dana comes back next year. I saw that comment while I was uploading the videos. And yeah, strong sentiment. That's the, the frustrating part because, you know, when you hear a head coach say comments like that, it, it very well, it, it's true. Like, year one in the Big 12, they didn't necessarily, I don't think anyone had realistic expectations to have them come out and be uh, competing for a Big 12 championship right out the gate. That was unrealistic. But it just, uh, it just leaves a sour taste. That maybe, maybe it's just the fans that have unrealistic expectations. Maybe it's not. maybe the expectations here are just not does not alignment. Whether it be with the fans, whether it be with the administration, whether it be with the coaches. You you said it early on media day, Chris Pesman, and that's the video. You can they can go find it on your YouTube channel, Chris. They told media day. Yeah. Said you know being being competitive. To his credit, he did say being com competitive. Pesman did was mm -hmm. part of it, but going six and six, qualifying for bowling, that would be successful. Now. Like you said, they're not going to be playing for a bowl game. The best they can do is 5-7. and seven. At UCF, is going to be a really tough game. I just saw what they did to Oklahoma State, who came in here and won by double digits. What they did to them in that same stadium last week, if they finish 4-8, and eight, not only did you not reach those expectations, but you're a little bit behind, and that would mean that you lost to both of the opponents that are that they're supposed to be in the same spot as you. They're making that same leap from the American Athletic Conference into the Big 12 Conference. And that is where, and I've gone back since the beginning of the season, the biggest kind of issue um, when it comes to the coach is not necessarily that whether he's the right man for the job or not. It's, in my opinion, it's irrelevant. It's the fact that the fan base, at least, a very loud majority or at least a good large portion of fan base do not believe he is. And that is going to hurt on the bottom line when it comes to the financial component. I mean, today, the night and day difference from going back to the Big 12 opener against TCU when it was uh, at the very least, it was a crowded lower bowl. Mm -hmm. The upper bowl was still, you know, not packed going back to the Big 12 opener, but at least the lower bowl was crowded. Today, Against Oklahoma State, there was a good portion of orange in the stands. I'm not sure if it translated over on the TV broadcast. And there was still a lot of empty pockets. And granted, it's Thanksgiving week. But that is where it hurts. And if the fan base doesn't believe in the guy that's tasked with leading the program, then at least you would think logically that something, some action has to be taken. And just you don't have to look too far to see what bigger programs do when they don't feel like the right person's in charge. Just look at what happened in College Station a week ago, and and that money situation was a hundred times worse than what um, the situation would be here. 
Agreed. And there is a disconnect between the fan base and the administration. I don't believe any fans believe the team was going to compete for a championship this year. No one thought that. I think there were some fans who thought Houston could go 6-6, six and six, get to a bowl game. I didn't believe that, but I think some fans thought that at least. Fans were, fans were shocked and still pissed off about the loss to Rice. Rice. Okay. And some that, folks say that, that, was, <laughs> that was... That's a, the loss that was... That one was probably the one that if anyone was still on the boat, it might have knocked them right off over and gone overboard because they're not a Big 12 program. They're, right. <laughs> they're always supposed to be, you know, they're the, the B team in, in the city of Houston. And not only that they beat you, but they dominated you in the first half. And granted, you made a, a very impressive comeback. You weren't able to finish a job. And quite frankly, you should have never put yourself in a position to have to score 35 three points to have a chance against Rice. So, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm going into it again. The disconnect from the administration. Are they not paying attention? Is Tillman not paying attention? Is Pesman, President Latour, the Regents, whoever, are you not seeing the, it's anger now, but it's becoming apathy toward the football program with Dana in charge. They do not have hope in Dana Holgerson, they being the fans. Bringing Dana back for another year, year or two in the Big 12, and where is it? The post, I think it was Rex 32, about the decline. Here we go. From 12 wins to 8 wins to 4 wins. Two of those wins by Hail Mary in overtime. That's Dana Holgerson. That's who he is. That's who the Houston pro- the program is under Holgerson right now. What? And going back to that 12 and 2 season, there were a lot of games that came down to the wire and could have could have gone the opposite way, which we kind of we kind of saw the opposite end of the spectrum last season when you know they had those same games go against them. So And like you said, now it's trending in the bad. It's trending in the wrong direction. Kind of, it's seems to peak, and you're going back down, which is not where you want to be heading. Recruiting isn't isn't going well. Dana, I'm not even worried. Pointing to the, he didn't apparently he did not say anything to the fans. It's a bad look, but he doesn't have a connection with the fans, many of them, especially the students. He's not Kelvin Sampson. Kelvin Sampson and basketball have developed so much equity with the success in basketball that they could lose some games in Big 12, and they will this season, but they still believe in, in Coach Sampson come tournament time. Dana has none of that faith. None of it. But I've I just... I go back to this, what I heard back in football media day in July. Two folks who, I, who know more football than I do told me that if Dana goes five and seven, he'd be fired. I didn't believe it then because I don't trust Tillman to do it or Pesman. But if they go four and eight, how can, how can you bring him back at, at four and eight? Not a how. Why? 
What'd you bring him back at four and eight? That that's where I am. Do you but you do you do you think that they will? Because now that best they're doing five and seven. Right. No, I think he's coming back. Even though like, July, two folks told me he'd be gone in five and seven. Two different folks told me this week he'd be fired. I have no faith in the administration from doing for doing the right thing, for making a move. Despite all the factors that point to that he should be fired. That, and that's where I am. That's where I am. I, I found the clip uh, in regards to Nelson, to Nelson Caesar and what he said. I'm just going to go, go ahead it. and play it. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. And overall, do you think you guys got better in this season? How, how have you sort of seen the, what you just said, the progress? <clears throat> progress over the season, man. Uh, no comment on that. No comment. Thanks so much, Season. Yes, sir. <laughs> there, there we not go. Nelson Caesar. It's not a good look. And keep in mind, Nelson Caesar, after the Rice game, when Dana said that, well, I don't remember exactly what he said, but Dana said basically his team did not have the will to win, to finish the game. And Nelson, was asked that, and Nelson said, oh, I disagree with that completely. <laughs> so here we are. No comment. Wrapping up a 43-30 home loss to Oklahoma State on senior day. The Cougs are now 4-7. and seven. Last game on the road against OKC, excuse me, UCF, who lost 24-23. It's like Texas Tech. I don't know how they lost. They were up by, what was the score? Up in the first half, I think. Tech won. Tech won 24-23, yeah. Dang, they didn't cover. Dang. So, yeah, they led 14-0. For CBS competition. Well, so I, I guess that means that Houston... And UCF are still tied with the 12 wins, both at two apiece. I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. So that means that the winner next week will, I guess, win the American Athletic, the former American Athletic Conference battle, whoever has the most wins the, in the their bragging rights. year in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah, there some bragging rights right there. The Space City battle. <laughs> um, yeah, just a very... Very. Uh, next week will be interesting. Be interesting to see how the team comes out on the road again. That's a tough environment to play in. Houston has not had success most definitely over the course of the last few um, times that they've played there. It's been a while since they played at in Orlando against UCF, but again, hasn't necessarily been the best place to play for Houston. And really, both yeah. those programs are. Go ahead now. I was just going to say it's going to be interesting to see if Nelson Caesar decides to play. Being he's a senior, expected to go to the NFL, no he's going to be playing in the senior bowl. See if he he decides to play. That'd be something to keep a watch on, keep an eye on. Yeah. That very well can be surprised. And plus, UCF, they need to win next Saturday to get to 6 and 6 to be bowl eligible. So they may have some extra motivation. Whereas the Cougs are playing out the string, we think. So who knows what may happen next Saturday 
in Orlando for the Space City battle. <laughs> With you, the UCF fans are already hyped up and are just amped. And how oh, dare Dana say those things about, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, that, hey, we'll see. Cougs are four and seven. Both Houston and UCF are two and six in Big 12 play. So the winner of next Saturday's matchup will be three and six in the Big 12. If it's UCF, they could finish the regular season six and six and go to a bowl. And that might be deemed a success for them in their first year in the Big 12. But Andy, you want to give the live reads one more time before we close it out? Yes, sir. We'll do. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to uh, Dan Lathering with the Lathering Law Firm for being the primary sponsor of today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Dan Lathering founded the Lathering Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lathering understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day. With offices in Houston and Sugarland, Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and the surrounding areas, including Fort Bend County here in Texas. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, trouble, call the Lathering Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.lazeringlawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor for today's episode of Let's Rage Coups presented by the Lathering Law Firm, and that is Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. And make sure to stop by on Tuesday during lunch times where they have a pizza buffet every Tuesday during lunch. I think I pronounced that word correctly this time. Um, so I don't get uh, criticized. <laughs> we all get criticized here at the critical world. Um, though, you know what? That's not a positive. There was there were some positives from the game, but I think the biggest one, Lane Wilkins, he had some great punts. In this game, he had one where he pinned Oklahoma State down at the three-yard line. And he, something about Australian punters, it was his senior night for him as well. Came out with the Australian flag when he was introduced here at TDC Stadium. Be interesting to see who's the next punter for Houston after the season. But he did a good job in what could, what is going to be his final game at TDC Stadium. I think Coach Holgerson said the next punter will be from Australia. <laughs> Look at that. I think Look at so. That. They have one. They have, I guess they have some Australian connection. They can just order them when their time is up. But, you know, that says a lot that the positive from today is punning. <laughs> but the team we touched on a little bit Friday, the football team was competitive. I did not, I was afraid that they'd get run over. And I'd be very disappointed that they'd get run over today. They were up 23-9. They blew a lead. Offense, again, seven drives, six punts. Lose about 13. They're now four and seven. Basketball, reminder, everybody, let's race Cougs Sunday night. <laughs> Be a late one because the basketball game tips off at 7.30 on Sunday. But join us after that game, Houston-Dayton. But, yeah, football... The right man is not in charge of the program. And unfortunately, if the administration does not keep their own word and they decide to bring Dana back, 
we'll be doing the same thing <laughs> next season, talking about woulda, coulda, shoulda in football. But find me, follow me on Houston Ron Bar Review on Instagram, TikTok, Spoutable, Threads, all those great places. Thank you, as always, for your comments and your support on Let's Rage Cougs. Real quickly, I do need a down before you go. We do need a plug. Hey, the Let's Rage merch. This is one of the, well, not necessarily new, but we have a long sleeve as well as it's supposed to get a little bit chilly, at least for Houston standards. I think it's supposed to be in the 40s. So, of course, we got to uh, got to show off the Let's Rage Cougs merch. As always, people can find me on X at Aonis underscore five. Most importantly, whatever platform you're watching, whether it be on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel or here on the Podstime Jamma YouTube channel on the X, or you're listening to audio only, make sure that you leave some ratings, you subscribe to those perspective, respective channels, and just support us any way possible. Every single like, every subscribe button, it all helps us out. And again, we can never say thank you enough for those of you guys that chose to join Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Lazarine Law Firm for the unofficial Houston Cougars football and men's basketball postgame show. And I might add the original Houston football and men's basketball postgame show. As always, thank you. We can never say thank you enough. Just like Andy said, thank you guys. I think this show peaked at one of our highest postgame football shows. And so appreciate the constant support. One more game. Let's do it again. And I got a feeling that the administrators will do the right thing this year. I think they seen, I think they will stick to their word. I think they respect Dane enough to at least let him finish out the season. And then we'll get a lot of wishes with everyone that's wishing him for us and be replaced. But we'll see. Go Cougs regardless. <laughs>